You're now listening to J House Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Gotta dance, but it's really on some street shit. I'ma show you how to get it. It go right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide. Basically, I'm saying either way, we bout to slide. Hey, can't let this one slide. Hey, don't you wanna dance with me? No, I could dance like Michael Jackson. I could get you the passion. It's a thriller in a trap. Where we from? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? What it do, bro? What it do? It's the night shift now. Yeah, this is weird doing a J house this late. Yeah, this is the night shift right now, man. We're working graveyard. Graveyard, yeah. I mean, it's just really been that kind of day to day. It was like, you know, it was sort of um, just sort of like a slow day. There wasn't any really there wasn't really anything popping out the news feeds or anything that you know what i'm saying that warranted like you know oh yeah we got to have a discussion about this so it was really just a sort of slower monday than i anticipated so you know that's how it is but then again but first before we start i got to give a shout out to my san antonio spurs who have gone nah. 2 and 0 since the restart so we we ain't gonna win nothing, but just had to. We got to be proud of something. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Shout out to my Miami Heat, number six seed in the East right now, making it work, making it happen. They're on you the know? come up, man. They are one superstar away from being a contender for the East. Exactly, and I'm sick of all this because the only the only talk that people can really throw against Miami Heat fans is that. Oh, you guys are nothing without LeBron James. Okay, we were like tied for eighth place in the Easter, right on the cusp of, you know, first round playoffs or in the first round playoffs ever since LeBron left. You know what I'm saying? Every time he came down to play us, he lost with the exception of one time. So I'm like, we're, we were rebuilding and now we have. So I'm like, explain to me exactly how we were no good without LeBron. And now, that that talk is. I guess, it, I guess by good they just meant winning titles. Yeah. Because I mean, good but then again, after Kawhi Leonard and everybody else left San Antonio, we ain't done much winning at all. Right. I mean, that was brutal, man. Over the course of like two seasons, San Antonio Spurs fans lost all the players we loved: Kawhi, Tony, Manu, and the legend himself, Tim Duncan. Yeah, that's true. Damn, I I miss Tim Duncan more than anything. Like just to, I right. miss I, I miss watching him play. I grew up watching Duncan play. Yeah, that was that was my guy. That was my guy watching him win. Yeah, but um, the way this podcast got set up is kind of weird because we just now got the idea for it. Right. Because you sent me a message about, and we'll talk on this first because I want to break this one up into two parts. You sent me a post that someone had made about how fans of Emma, uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman should form an alliance with fans of um, The Last Jedi because this person claimed both of those films get hated on for no good reason. Um, right. 
And so the first part of that will be us reacting to that. And then the second part will be uh, about what's a fair movie criticism. But sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. And and shout out to I'm not I can't I'm not gonna name nobody specifically, but shout out to whoever did that tweet because it's not something that's like, oh, you know, you tweeted that tweet. That's such a, a dumb tweet. You shouldn't have said that. No, it's not that. It's it's a it's a point of view that I think warrants a, a good discussion that has to be had. So to me, it was just something I'm like, you know what? That that's something worth talking about. Let's separate that. Let's differentiate that. But you know, um, yeah, the, the first part, and like you said, it was concerning should, you know, BVS, MOS, and The Last Jedi all be put in the same category just because they were divisive films, so to speak. And to me, um, I don't see it that way. I don't think so because, um, you know, you talk about Man of Steel and BVS is one thing to because he superheroes have to be reinvented they have to you know be changed and every once in a while to keep them relevant to keep them uh current with the next generation so you know things like that have to happen and they always do that's just ever since the history of superheroes started that's always been the case every version is different for every age but mm-hmm. someone like luke skywalker per se Um, or Star Wars, which is generational, doesn't have to change because it's such a universal story that anyone could relate to at any time, no matter what age they are, young or old. And so for, for them to put those two categories in with The Last Jedi, those two movies in with The Last Jedi, kind of, it, it rubbed me the wrong way because I'm like, bro, The Last Jedi totally disrespected one of the most biggest characters in, in pop culture uh, today, you know, and even Mark Hamill, we don't have, we don't even have to lie about that. You can go and search that up on YouTube. You know, the, it's known that Mark Hamill absolutely hated what Ryan Johnson did with Luke Skywalker, among other things in The Last Jedi, the obvious, you know, SJW overtones, as you spoke on it uh, earlier, you know what I'm saying? Those things were obviously, uh, you know, true, among other things. And it was just a movie that led to nowhere. Star Wars movies have to lead to somewhere for the next movie to even have, you know, a relevant standing. The Last Jedi left the story for the sequel trilogy in a really, really big pickle. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, whereas with MOS and BVS, you... BVS, of course, was the building up of the Justice League. And Man of Steel can be looked at as a one-off Superman movie, and it is looked at as a sequel to more, simply because the door was left open should they should they want to go in that direction, which they did. So I'm like, I, I don't know. Like it just it just sort of hit me differently when when they said that. So and then what? So what are your thoughts on that? Because I've had to. I'm like, let me see what Evans got to say about this. Because I'm like, I know that those three films don't belong in the same category. Because, like, bro, I've thought more on it, and I could see where he's coming from to, to a certain extent. I could kind of see where he's coming from. Yeah. Because you could make the case that. 
um, both films are hated because they're so different than what we're used to seeing. Right. Um, Last Jedi was a different Star Wars film than what we're used to seeing. Right. It did. Um, and then with Batman v Superman and Man of Steel, both of those films uh, took risks. Yeah. Uh, and whether you think it succeeded in what it was trying to do or whether you think that the risk just kind of fell flat on their face, whatever the case is, they were both risk-taking movies. Yeah. But to me, the difference is and why uh, this whole idea that they're in the same category is false is because Batman v Superman and Man of Steel are hated solely because they're so different and people could argue that some of them might have been rushed or that um, it was just so different than what we're used to seeing, which, I mean, I guess, yeah, that's a valid criticism. Like, it's different. It's totally outside of everything else. Yeah. But I know where the similar criticism is that they're different. Yeah. But with Star Wars, the main criticism that it gets, yes, is that it's different, but the difference was, in these two criticisms, is there wasn't a political message trying to be shown with Batman v Superman or Man of Steel. Yeah. There was this SJW agenda um, where, you know, they were put... There's a lot of criticism to be had with uh, The Last Jedi, but it all boils down to, like I said, the SJW undertone with uh, Holdo and the disrespect towards basically all male characters in that film. Yeah. I mean, basically... Like the, the guys in that movie could do nothing right. I yeah. mean, with the exception of Finn defeating Phasma, I mean, there was really nothing in that movie. You know, the women, that was a huge women rule the world type film. So that yeah. film is hated because it was trying to push an agenda. Whereas Batman v Superman and Man of Steel were hated just because they took risks. And some people thought it worked. Some people think it fell flat on their face. Yeah. But to me, I, I don't think there's an alliance there to be had because right. there, there was no message that BVS had. Now, I will say this. If you had Lois Lane putting down, or, or my bad, if you had Wonder Woman putting down Batman v Superman and telling them to stay in their lane and don't get in my way, right? okay, then that's where yes there's the alliance to be had yeah because that's the that's the exact equivalent of what the last jedi did right because holdo's whole purpose was to tell finn the mo or not finn uh what was named poe poe yeah him the poor man's han solo as i call him <laughs> uh yeah he is he is the dollar store han solo um but her whole purpose was to tell him to you know, keep your masculinity in check. You don't know what you're talking about, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I mean, I can't agree with that. With the whole, there needs to be an alliance simply because the criticisms are so different for those films. 
Like with Batman v Superman, people will say stuff like it was rushed. It was like too dark. I mean, me personally, I don't think it was too dark because I mean, there's a, I mean, I, I think DC can be dark and I think Batman should be darker in tone. Well, uh, and honestly, I wouldn't even, looking back at Batman v Superman, I wouldn't even classify it as like dark. I think it was just more serious. Not dark, but more so serious to me. Like, because I mean, everything was taken a lot more serious. Like the attitude toward, you know, Superman being, you know, this powerful figure, you know, the attitude of, you know, Superman toward the world. Everything was just a lot more it was just serious, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, people want to see dark, you know, go watch Watchmen for dark and let a billion people be killed all for the sake of world peace. And then you have to lie about it and cover it up. Yeah. Let's, let's go talk about that dark. Let's talk about comedian killing a pregnant Vietnamese girl that he got pregnant, that he promised he would take care of after the war, but reneged on it and then shot the woman for making, for calling him out on it killing her and the baby. I mean, let's talk about, you want to talk about dark. That's dark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But I mean, there, yeah. there was a scene in that film where a dude got his arms cut off by a chainsaw. By a I chainsaw, mean, right. One of my, I just love that scene in Watchmen so much whenever all the prisoners were about to gang up on Rorsarch and then he was, and then he tells them, I'm not locked in here with you. <laughs> You're you're locked in here with me. Right. Pouring and then that, lunch on that, people. Oh, yeah. That beatdown that he proceeded to give, that's hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but here's kind of the the bulk of this conversation. Because I think this conversation's kind of been a long time coming. Yeah. In, in your opinion, when we, when, when we talk about movie reviews, critic reviews, a lot of times we've talked about fair criticisms like, okay, fine. Like, I might not agree with that criticism, but I could see where you think that. Right. Uh, versus a criticism that's just like, what? Like, what? what? Where did that even come from? Right. Like, how, how did you even come to say that? That made no sense what you just said. So my question to you is, to you, where is the line between a fair criticism that it's like, okay, I don't get it, but I can respect it, versus a criticism that is just like, what you just said made no sense, and it just seems to me like you're hating on the movie. Right. Um, I think the line between fair criticism and like just that, it would be, because, I mean, I'd, I'd, have, to cre- I'd have to give credit to like, give blame more, so to speak, to social media because and I, I gotta bring it into the conversation because today like last you know previous generational moviegoers and reviewers were not the same as today you know like everyone like back then a movie could be like a 6.7 but Critics would still say, oh, you know, it's a good movie. It's not downright terrible and it's not all the way, you know, super freaking crazy, but it's still a solid movie. You know what I'm saying? Today, though, 
it's either you're on one end of the it's either it's an absolute perfectionist movie or it's not at all. You know what I'm saying? And if it does, even if it's a solid film in the middle, it still gets pounded down. And I think the line is drawn at that because people today are a lot less it's hive mind today, more like it. You know what I'm saying? People want to go with the general opinion. You know, people look at what everyone is saying and what whatever everyone is saying, whatever the majority is saying, that's normally what they go along with. They don't actually observe the movie for themselves, you know, uh, take it in personally and see how they actually feel about it, you know, because they don't want to be the one to have that wrong opinion or not wrong opinion, but a uh, different opinion that would make everybody look at them like they're crazy. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, embrace your uniqueness. If you have a different viewpoint on a movie than everybody else does, that's fine. That's It's all subjective. But the line is drawn where, you know, like, per, for example, um, me and you debate about Batman v Superman all the time. You know, and some of your, criti- your criticism, criticisms may be, you know, oh, it may have been rushed or such and such, you know, didn't really have a role in this part of the movie. And I'm like, okay, I can respect that because you're not just downright saying, oh, the movie was, you know, trash and then not telling me why. Because I've had people, like, somebody would say, Revenge of the Sith is garbage. And I'm like, okay, why, though? And if your general answer to me is that, oh, it's just bad acting and blah, which, I mean, I'm like, bro, really? Is that your only, like, viable reason why you think the movie is trash? Why? You know, and they can't tell me anything. If everybody's answer sounds the same, I know that they haven't really absorbed it for themselves. They're just going along with what everybody else is saying. And I'm like... Now, if your argument to me about Revenge of the Sith is that, well, I think that um, that they could have showed, you know, Order 66 in a different way. Or or if your argument is that, well, you know, I think Hayden Christensen should have been, I mean, Anakin should have been played by somebody. Okay, I don't agree and I don't like that view, but that's what George wanted and he did it. And I'm like, I'll respect your view on that, though. I can respect it, but... That's just not that's just not the case today, man. People, bro, like you'll if I go if I go in the comments and be like Infinity War was better than Endgame to me on a personal level, people will be like, How could you say that? Blah blah blah. And I'm like, it has nothing to do. There's no negative connotation. There's no negative viewpoint on Endgame. Endgame was absolutely amazing. I just happen to think that Infinity War to me held more weight than Endgame did to me. And like that, and I'll go, I'll go in paragraphs, paragraphs, but people don't want to read those paragraphs because they don't want to know, you know, the real research behind my point. And so that's where the line is drawn, man. If, if people can't talk with you in a, in a uh, conversational setting and in a conversive setting and actually give you legit reasons as to why they don't like the movie, then I'm not trying to hear it. Cause other than that, it's just hive mind chat you know, because they all have the same opinions and they just read what everybody else says. So that's, to me, that's where the line is drawn. My view is I think movies need to be judged based on what they were trying to do 
versus what you think the movie should have done. And what yeah. I mean, what I mean by that is, here's a prime example. There is one lady who run. I, I hate that I'm even giving her any recognition because people reading this have developed depression at the level of insanity of what this lady says. But uh, she's got this site called The Babbling Blonde, and she did a, a review of Joker. And yeah. she she didn't like the movie, but her reasons is what got me, because her reasons were she listed off, she said, uh, a therapist who doesn't care about her job, an abusive mom, and background characters. This is how women are portrayed in Joker. And I'm thinking to myself, really? You just sat down and watched the movie about mental health and how it needs to be taken seriously and a film that talked about wealth privilege in America. But you came away with that. Yeah. You, you went into that film looking for sexism. You look for it. You prematurely, before you went into the theater, you predetermined, you know, what, is there any sexism in this movie? And you came away with this ridiculous review. I mean, because right. like I was thinking, not every film has to like, this, the movie wasn't even about women. It was about Joker. I mean, I didn't hear this woman complaining when every man in Birds of Prey is either, you know, a killer or a rapist. You don't hear me complaining about that, which they were, because I'm right. like, this is not a man's movie. This is a Birds of Prey movie. Reviews right. like that irritate me whenever right. they review it from a political, any review coming from a political standpoint, that gets on my nerves. Right. And let me interject this question to you. I wanted to ask you this while, while you're going, while you're building that point. Is the future of like storytelling in movies in danger of like political correctness? I'm, I'm wondering for myself because I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> the future isn't in danger of political correctness because it's already here. I'm saying, well, it's already yeah. here. I mean, it's, and what blows my mind is how these films continue to flop, but they keep putting them out anyway. Yeah. That's what I can't figure out from these studio executives is right. you're in a business and there have been so many films that have had political messages, but they're done right. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll give examples. I mean, you know, you look at a film like Django Unchained, which, yeah. bru which brutally explores racism in a very right. brutal way. But that film, even though it has that message, you know, the, the overtone of the film isn't all white people are terrible. Right. That's not the film. Like, if SJW's got a hold of that film, then there would be no white good guys in that film. Right. It would just be like, okay, every white person in this film is going to want to hate black people, and this is what we're going to do. But right. that's what they did, because they I, I can't remember Christoph Waltz's character's name for the life of me. Um, Dr. Something. Dr. Schultz? Yeah, Schultz. Yeah, him being in that film, and them two being friends like they were, that to me, I was like, okay, this right here is awesome. Because it's right. when like, 
this is how to overcome racism because you've got these two guys working together. I'm like, that's awesome right there. That's beautiful. Right. But films, especially films, and, and we keep bringing this up because it seems to be the message that's pushed the most, which is female, uh, female leads. You know, like, check out this amazing female character. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, what's amazing about her? Right. And then they're like, well, it's a female character. I know. I but why is she amazing? Right. Like why, like, why should I care about her story past the fact that she's a woman holding a gun? And they learned this story the hard way with the remake of Charlie's Angels and Terminator Dark Fate flopping. Oh, my gosh. I can't. <laughs> oh, Dark Fate. Why? And even The Last Jedi flopped by Star Wars standards with all the hype that was surrounding that film. Yeah. When the first wave of people saw it and they the reviews came back from the fans saying this is nothing but man bashing, you know, people stopped watching and it they lost the I think they might have I think they made money on it, but it wasn't as much as they were hoping for. Yeah. Um but no the the old saying is proved again, get woke, go broke. Um, right, and, so and there, for me, yeah, good. Huh? I, was, I mean, for me, hmm? I was saying there was to me, there was nothing to get woke about with Star Wars. We'd already had, we have strong female characters in Star Wars. It, like, I don't understand. Like, it was like on <laughs> even in Star Wars, yes, it may just, it may be the tragedy of Darth Vader, but. Padme was still there. Padme played a prominent role. Obi-Wan played a prominent role. There were so many characters that played the role and the story affected everyone. You know what I'm saying? That's why Star Wars has so many fan favorite characters. And I'm like, when did this just become about one person? So I'm like, for y'all to sit there and be like, well, Star Wars has never had this sort of, you know, I mean, Ray could have been a <laughs> a good female character. She really could have been. Here's my question. And this is what I can't figure out for the life of me. Instead of shoving a new narrative to people using franchises that have already been established, why not just make the new characters? Uh, Why not make a new story? Introduce us to like someone new. I don't know. Then make us care about that person instead of like forcing these new characters and just totally changing stories. Because, see, people didn't have an issue with Ray being a female. Mm-mm. I listened to thousands of people complain about Ray. At no point did any of them say, I just didn't like the fact that a woman was holding a lightsaber. <laughs> no, that was not the, the, the criticism was is that she has no personality. Yeah, she's just there. She's boring. We don't know really. We didn't know anything about her until yeah. uh, Rise of Skywalker. Ooh, that's that, and that's what's really sad, bro. Like I didn't want to talk in the movie, but when you bought us out to watch Rise of Skywalker during the movie, in my head I was just like, oh, they're trying to fix this so bad. They're apologizing so bad, bro. Like, and I knew it. And that's why so much. Because I hated Last Jedi that bad. 
like, I mean, me personally, I actually enjoyed Rise of Skywalker, and I think it's actually a solid film for Star Wars. Um, but that's just me. But yeah, like I was saying, I just and here's another thing too: if you're going to promote an agenda, like a pro woman agenda, uh, a pro LGBT, pro Black Lives Matter, whatever it is you're wanting to promote. Here's something I've noticed, and the question I have: Why do they have to do it at the expense of putting down? another group of people. I'll never know. Like in Star Wars Last Jedi, the problem wasn't that Holdo was in power. Problem with Holdo is the way she talked to Poe for no good reason. Right. Because that's why we hate Right. Because Poe had already got his punishment. Okay, he Leia told him to pull back. He disobeyed orders. People died. And he got demoted. Okay. Respect. That's what's supposed to be done. We can respect that. But for him to simply ask you, okay, what's the plan? What so we can get an initiative going on this for you to be like, everything's under control. Don't you worry about it. You just go on somewhere, fly boy. You know, I'm like, they it had nothing to do with anybody trying to take control of being charged. Dude, we wanted to know what the plan was because we don't know. Y'all are on the run. From Snoke and from everyone. What are you like? Y'all don't got nowhere to go. What's the plan? And then turns out the plan is worse than we thought. You're going to a, de- a deserted planet, a old base where nobody's going to call or nobody's going to come to help you. It's just not going to happen. And so, like, that made it worse on top of everything. That was the big cherry on top. Like, this was your master plan to wait it out and hope that people would come and, uh, help you out at the last like it's <sighs> Jesus there's so much <laughs> back on the initial question about a fair criticism yeah I, I do I'm under the impression that there is such a thing as bad acting I've seen it like bad acting is very real and in some films yeah for whatever reason it's just hard to watch and it's like the acting in this film, like, this isn't believable. Yeah, I, I can like, respect I be- that. Yeah. Like, I don't believe this is a real person. Like, this is just not good. Because right. that's the one job of an actor, first and foremost, is to convince people that you're someone else. Right. I mean, you, you look at a Daniel, any Daniel Day Lewis film, and you don't think, okay, that's Daniel Day Lewis. You think to yourself, oh, that's Bill the Butcher. Yeah. Like, that's. That's not Daniel Day-Lewis or some guy in a costume. That's the real Bill the Butcher. That's him, there. right. Um, so if people are criticizing the performance and saying this person's performance wasn't that good, it came off as trying too hard or right. it was like or or the writing was bad, the script, because there are some films where the script is bad. I always cite Suicide Squad because there's a lot of lines in that film that I'm thinking, yeah, there's no actor I could think of who could make that sound good. Right. Like Jared Leto's line about, I'm not going to kill you, I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad. I'm thinking, really? That's the best you could do with Joker? That's the line you're going to go, I'm just going to hurt you really, really bad? Like, this is Joker we're talking about. He's always got something really sick and sadistic to say. Like, 
So that was kind of the let. So that's examples. So to me, fair criticisms is like whenever people say that Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance just was like it was boring or, you know, the act, Nicolas Cage didn't act very good in that film. OK, to me, that's a fair criticism. Yeah. The foul, the foul criticism comes in whenever people are judging the film based on what they think the message of the movie should have been. Like, I'll give you another example. There was a lady did a review of The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know if you've seen that. I film. haven't seen it yet. It's a phenomenal. It's honestly, it's that film and Gilbert Grape, in my opinion. Oh, and The Aviator are Leonardo DiCaprio's three best performances. Yeah, I've, I've seen Aviator. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, The Aviator, Gilbert Grape, and Wolf of Wall Street. But The Wolf of Wall Street, I'm not, I mean, there's really nothing to spoil about yeah. the film. But it's all it's all about Leo being this stockbroker who makes it big, but obviously he's breaking the law to get yeah. there. And his, and his greed totally possesses him, and he becomes a coke addict and... You know, it, just, it gets crazy. Yeah. But this lady was reviewing the film, talking about how the women in the film were demeaned and everything else in the world. And I'm thinking and how only, like, they're just a bunch of hookers, and that's disrespectful. And I'm like, do you want to sugarcoat all these stories? Because, like, not every woman living in America went to Harvard. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so sick of this being, like, we can only have, uh, like, I don't know, like, what the goal is. Is the goal in the end to only have women superheroes, women being, like, the only main characters, and men look stupid all the time? So, I mean... That's that's pretty much... Cause this, according to Hollywood, that's pretty much been the goal. That's pretty much been that. Because it's just a lot of, like... Now, yeah, there's no denying that there is toxic masculinity in the term of, you know, keep, you know, oppressing women and things like, yeah, there has been that. There's always been that. There's no denying that the, the suffrage movement way back in the day was legit because that was the true women's rights movement. That's what they fought for equal pay, you know, the right to vote, you know, things like that legit things. Today's movement is not the same, bro. It's just like, you know, put men down, women run the world, women can do everything, you know, that a man can do. And I'm like, whoa, like, slow that down. That's not true. We have to coexist. We There are things that women can do that a man will never be able to do that make women the backbone of men. And there are things that men can do that women cannot do that make men the strong backbone for women too. We need each other. And this whole culture has just really started pitting male versus female against each other. And there's just all this hostility that's going on right now. And in Hollywood, I'm just, I'm being real. They want to sissify men and make women, you know what I'm saying? You know, just like, I can't oh, figure that uh, out for the life of me. They won't. Because, yes, there are some men, sometimes masculinity can be a bad thing. Yeah. But if you think masculinity is a, like, always a bad thing, do me a favor. Don't drive your car. Don't go on bridges. Never go in another building again. Because all of those things were built by toxic masculine men. 
don't do it. Sell your car. Don't go in another building. You know, don't give any praise to construction workers. I mean, because to me, I cannot figure out when being masculine or being tough became a bad thing. I don't know, man. It just... It just has, and there's no like, and and the fair of and tying it into the to the criticism part, you know what I'm saying? And we, we just got done watching Harry, Harry Potter. We talked about Hermione Granger, and I'm like, Hermione Hermione was the perfect example of what a female character should be. She studied, she worked hard because her parents didn't come from a wizarding place. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have powers. She studied. She worked her way to the top. She became one of the best students at Hogwarts, if not the best, because nobody was competing with her in that classroom. She earned that. You know what I'm saying? And they visibly showed that. So that's what made Hermione a great example of a female character. Ahsoka Tano, she trained and she trained hard under Anakin. She got through out there early in the Clone Wars, proved her worth, made mistakes even under her first air command, made some mistakes and lost some men that she wasn't supposed to. You know what I'm saying? But she earned her stripes. That respect is clearly shown in uh, the final season of the Clone Wars. The 501st has an immense respect for, for her and still refers to her as general, even though she's not in the uh, Jedi, uh, in even in the Jedi uh, order anymore. You know what I'm saying? And it's just things like that. I'm like, work, you know, to earn your keep. That's what makes us equal. That's what makes amazing female characters. You know, not the simple fact that they're a woman, but the simple fact that they put in the work and they earned it, whether they're man, woman, whatever you may, you know, whatever. The fact that you worked for it and you earned it is what makes it amazing. That's what makes us want to cheer for people. Exactly. That's why... We all love characters like Harry Potter because we watch him at the beginning. It's not because all the men thought, oh, heck yeah, this is another man in a man's movie. And we've got to support all men movies because we're men. No, we watched Harry Potter suffer. We watched him get bullied. And we're like, this poor dude. Like, And so watching him grow... Yeah, Harry, you deserve this, man. I'm pulling for you. And that's the issue with that people have with Ray is you never felt sympathetic toward her because we don't know anything about her. She did, I don't think she did one ounce of Jedi training during the whole trilogy until like the final movie. What what she did in TLJ with Luke, that was not training. That was Luke trying to dissuade her of picking a side of the force that wasn't training you know what i'm saying but i mean look okay the only and people try to hit me with this conversation they're like well luke was a mary sue as well no he was not first of all excuse me that's what they say they said that because of his training pattern and the training that he took first of all luke was one of only a few jedi if not the only jedi left in the galaxy he the order was destroyed the jedi temple was on coruscant and sealed you know what i'm saying sealed lightsabers burned he had to go out there and do all that searching 
for the Jedi text so that he could bring it all back together to start a new order. So the way that he had to train was a very different road because there was no Jedi order. Had Luke been some other female character that had to do the same thing, the same thing would have applied. There's no Jedi order. So they had to train that way. He had to train on the go. He did train with Yoda, do real training with Yoda. You know what I'm saying? And so, and he didn't breeze by everything. So, I mean, <laughs> what what else do you, what else what, do you want? <laughs> hold on a second, because I'm not going to let that point just sit there without calling out everything wrong with it. Yeah. Just, just look at the differences in how they help, they dealt with their villain. Yeah. So, you, you look at Luke Skywalker. In the first film, he wouldn't even dream of going head to head with Vader. With Vader. Wouldn't even wouldn't even dream of it. Wouldn't even dream of it. Right. Because Vader would have whooped him in two seconds. And he had some training from Obi-Wan. So that's how come he could kind of use the lightsaber in New Hope. Right. All right. Empire Back comes along. There's this whole the whole film, all Luke is doing is getting trained by Yoda. That's it. He goes through all that brutal training. Right. And after all that Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Vader still beat him. Right. And Vader still after all that. Yeah. So we're two we're two films in. The first film, he wouldn't even go head to head with Vader. The second film, he fought him and lost. Right. We we had to wait all the way to the third film at the very end to see Luke beat Vader. And then after all that, Sidious gets Luke. After all that. Right, but you compare that to Ray. Compare that to Ray. Never fought anybody, or never trained with anybody. But in the very first film, she's able to put Kylo on his back. Right. The first time they fight, she puts him on his back. Exactly. And she and people are like, "Well, he got shot," and I'm like, "That didn't stop him from putting the whooping on uh on Finn." Finn did it right, and Finn ain't never held a lightsaber in his life until then. Nor did Ray. Right. And she's but it's like so to me that's that is two totally different things because Luke went through all that training and he was never overpowered. And like I said, he wouldn't go up against Vader and New Hope. Vader put the whooping on him and Empire Strikes Back. And then even after he beats Vader in Return of the Jedi, then Sidious puts that whooping on him. Right. Ray, on the other hand, first film. Not even trying. Like, oh, I beat Kylo. Third film, and she me- beat she beat Sid. Well, she beat Sidious. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bro, what is this? Like, like, come on, man. Like, it's just it's crazy. And people dis and don't and people discount this fact. Also, remember that post New Hope, uh, all throughout that time leading up to Empire Strikes Back, Luke was training and he he had different side missions with the rebellion but he was still training that's all in the comics all in canon you know what i'm saying he was still training and so i'm like people get on my nerves with this you know the comparison to to luke and they're like well ray uh well ray had training with a staff training with a staff does not automatically equivalent to training with a lightsaber it takes years and years of practice to learn how to use a lightsaber. Even Anakin himself 
at the temple. Anakin may have his may have advanced faster than the other students because he was the chosen one, and his metachlorian count was higher than anyone in the order, including Yoda's. But didn't mean that he did still didn't have to train and put in the work. You know what I'm saying? He still had to put in the work and train. But back to talking about fair criticisms. Yeah. My my, my biggest problem with criticisms now is they've gone from actually reviewing the acting and the writing and the story and like, okay, this was a good story that got my attention. The acting was good. I enjoyed it. Right. Versus to now, the reviews are just, this is sexist. This is racist. This movie's homophobic. It's this, it's that. But to me, just because a movie has a message doesn't automatically make it good. And just because a film doesn't, I mean, and what really bothers me is when people look for messages that are not in the movie. That are not there. Like, this isn't the point of the film. Right. Uh, Like I mentioned, the lady talking about Joker and how it betrayed women. I'm thinking this wasn't about them. A mental and right, and neither was meant, I'm sorry to interject, but mental health was not, that's not solely a man thing. That message in that movie was for everyone, man and woman. They just told he used Joker as the center of of topic. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, absolutely. But I mean, it's just like I don't understand how come people can't re- like. I don't have an issue with movies as long or movie reviews as long as they're reviewing the movie, yeah, and not what they think the movie should have done. There's a bit of a difference there. Like if I review, um, like off the top of my head, a film like uh, Wolf of Wall Street, and I say, okay, this film was like it was it was long and boring, and there really wasn't anything. Like the the, the shift of the the the, the uh, plot of the movie was unclear, yeah. and it kind of went all over the place, and I it, it lost me. Okay, that's a movie review. Right. That's a movie review. Right. That's sitting down saying, okay, I watched the film, I took it in, and it just couldn't grab my attention. I couldn't, you know. It, it, it didn't get me. Yeah. So I, I didn't like this film. But now people are like, oh, there's a bunch of hookers on Wolf of Wall Street. That's sexist. Right. You know, there are, you know, how come the women weren't more in charge in that film? And all this other stuff. Or, you know, they, they said, you know, fag in that movie. So it's homophobic. And I'm like, this is where we're going? Right. Really? That's what you got from this? This I... film about greed and the Amer- and, and like how greed ruins people? Yeah. But no, you chose to go that route. Right. That's what you chose to review. Exactly. And I can't take those reviews seriously. And... Um, and I'm saying, don't you find it crazy how I would I would submit to you that now the flip thing has happened because now Hollywood is actually putting out, you know, agenda led films that are very toxic in nature. And that's my first review. My first review is, OK, hold on. This is an obvious, you know, uh, toxic feminist agenda in this film because they're saying such and it's true and and then or another film oh they're pushing this such and such agenda or LGBT here they're forcing it here and you know and I'm like 
it's crazy how that actually has become the main way because that's what they're doing. You can't you can't enjoy a story anymore because they're forcing things in there that don't belong. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, bro, like what do you, what do you do? And so I mean the the time the criticism line has become I can't even judge the project based on what it is because there's so many political politically correct overtones that they're forcing into it shows movies and i'm like how can i even enjoy the story if you won't let me because you're constantly pushing something that doesn't belong in there you know what i'm saying and you know what bothers me is is there is a right way to promote these agendas yeah there is I'll give you a prime example of a movie that promoted the LGBT cause in the right way to me was the uh, Dallas Buyers Club movie with Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto. Yeah. Like that film was perfect. Like because like the whole premise of the film is Matthew McConaughey like hates gay people and he thinks only gay people get AIDS, but then he gets AIDS and then uh, he teams up with Jared Leto who is a transvestite or I can't remember if he's a transvestite or a drag queen. And they, uh, they team up to bring AIDS patients medicines that aren't approved in America, but have been proven to work in other countries. So there's a lot of tones there like pro LGBT, you know, anti for profit pharma. That's good. Like that's like, I'm like, okay, this message I can, and it's still a great story. And, and, and like you said, regardless of if the, if the um, regardless of what the story is, there's a right and a wrong way to promote these agendas. And and I'm being real. And for anybody who can't be real on this show, I mean, what else can I tell you? I'm being real because I'm not going to sugarcoat the truth. Me personally, I do not support the LGBT community. I don't. However, I do believe in human choice and freedom of will because you grow and can't nobody tell you how to live your life and do what you want to do. You know, so, I mean, even me personally, there's a right way. If if there's a right way to promote these agendas, then do it the right way. But everything that's like not LGBTQ oriented or not feminist led or oriented, that doesn't mean just go to that project and shove it deep down. You know what I'm saying? Notice me, notice me, notice me there. Because that's exactly how you get people to go against the, your movement that's how you get people to go against whatever it is you want you know to do and i'm saying that with all respect as a moviegoer as a blogger and as a fan of film that's just the truth and people will tell you that a lot of people aren't afraid to speak up aren't afraid to speak up because of this cancel culture because oh god forbid you disagree with a policy you know what i'm saying oh you know you're hateful and you're racist or you're homophobic I'm not homophobic. I got friends that that are that are in the LGBT community. I don't agree with them or their lifestyle, but I still respect them and treat them like human beings because it's their right. You know what I'm saying? So, but this cancel culture, man, people are afraid to disagree on anything. And this ties into even movie reviews. People are afraid to have their own unique opinion. God forbid if I would have went to Avengers Endgame and generally did not like it. God forbid if I somehow did not like it, hypothetically. 
if I would have shared my opinion and disagreed with people saying Endgame was not that amazing and I didn't like it, people would be on my neck. You know what I'm saying? Because the general consensus is that Endgame is awesome, which in reality it is. But God forbid if I choose to say that I didn't like it for a lot of reasons that I go down and list, people will never let you have your own viewer opinion. You know what I'm saying? People will never let you have your own. <laughs> and it's it's crazy, bro. Movie movie reviews, I think, and, and people said this today, movie reviews are dead, honestly, because people aren't honest. I mean, they, they, they really are, because movie reviews now, people are always looking not really at the film in and of itself. People are so caught up in, like, rather, is there good acting? People go into the film and think, well, what does this film have to say about women? What does this film have to say about the LGBT? Does it have anything to say right. about racism? And when a film chooses not to, I mean film people look at them and then they try to nitpick and find things in the film that might be considered sexist if you really want to make it yeah and that bothers me because that's not even reviewing the movie at that point like you're just making stuff yeah you are like you're completely like changing what the film was supposed to be to fit your agenda and then you're telling people that it's bad because it didn't do what you thought it was going to do. Right. And to me, that bothers the crap out of me. Because I do think that there is a place for movie reviews. I mean, not so much now, because cinema isn't as big as it used to be. But, you know, movie critics used to save people a lot of money. <laughs> They'd be, because, you know, it's cheap to go see a film. Right. All you, you had. Ten bucks for. It's like 10 bucks for tickets and then a stupid, like, should be illegal amount for popcorn and everything. Right. So you want to make sure if you're going to spend all that money to go see a film, you know, critics can kind of help you out there and say, yes, this film's amazing. Go spend your money versus versus, no, don't go, you know, save your money, wait for it to on DVD. Yeah, and even then on DVD, they were helping us out at Blockbuster. Honest critics, you know what I'm saying? Looking on the back of the DVD covers, Roger uh, Ebert and Roper to tell you, you know, if if it's real, if it's a really good movie or not. They'll give you the star rating, even if it's not an absolute masterpiece. They'll sit there and tell you, yeah, this movie is still solid and enjoyable, rock and roll, good time. Nowadays, nobody can give me that for anything. Nobody. No, it's all one way or it's all the, all other, the other way. way. And, and like I said, I'm always open to any honest reviews. Like I've had people uh, tell me that they don't like The Dark Knight. Now, me personally, I think that's like one of the most amazing films ever made. Right. So when people tell me they don't like it, obviously my first question is, well, what didn't you like about it? Like what, uh, what about uh, rubbed you the wrong right. way? And I've heard things like, you know, they prefer a more comic book accurate uh, cast. And I'm like, okay, that's, sure. But, I mean, another group of people I can't stand is, and these people exist, are the people that I call contrarians, meaning every time. 
that there's a movie that it seems everyone likes, they've got to be that one person to say, oh, this film's so overrated. Just to do it, yeah. And, like, you know, Heath Ledger's overrated, The Godfather's overrated, everything's overrated. And I'm thinking, well, what what's not overrated? <laughs> like, what? Like, what can I watch that you, or do you just hate films? Do you just yeah, like you just hate films. movies, period. Like, my favorite criticism of films is whenever people say they're too mainstream. I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Mainstream, mainstream. I, I mean, I don't know because I mean, to me, there's a difference between making cinema and then making movies, you know, making movies. There's a big line between that. So and I mean like mainstream, what is what is that even? Because there are films that are in mainstream that still end up universally applauded that are some of the greatest movies of all time that impact generations. You know what I'm saying? So what is mainstream? <laughs> Literally. I mean, I understand indie films, but you know, and that's fine. Indie films are in their own different category. That's cool. You know what I'm saying? But even on mainstream, you can you can have a deep story or have, you know, great stories that, that matter. So what, indeed, what is mainstream? Everything mainstream. Well, what is, like, I'm always thinking at that point, just right. I want attention on your forehead. Right. I mean, at that point, cause that's all it is. Right. And so, but, you know, to kind of wrap this up and talk about, you know, for me, this all boils down to when it comes to fair versus foul criticisms is, you know, at what lens are you looking through the movie? Are you looking through it as, okay, this film, um, you know, it was well made and a bunch of other things. Are you just looking for messages that aren't there? Cause there's a lot of reviews I've read that of Joker that I'm like, okay. And they basically boil down to, this film wasn't for me. It was too dark, too depressing, and I just didn't like it, but I could see why someone else might enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. You can't get mad at no, that. not at all. Because I'm thinking I could definitely see why people wouldn't want to watch Joker, because right. it is an extremely depressing and at times hard to watch it's film. A, it's, a, it's, a hard, uh, it's a pill of truth for you. It really is. Oh, yeah, but... Um, I feel like now though we're living in this age of movie critics, they're not even, it, it's just another thing of telling us like it's more, I'm trying to think of how to wear this. It's more along the lines of they went from telling us what movies are good and what movies are bad to telling us like uh, what movies we should find good. Yeah. And what should and like. What, mm-hmm. Yeah, and to me, that's just like that's not the place of a critic. And to me personally, I think just because a movie has progressive themes in it doesn't inherently make it a good film. Right. Like everybody defending the Last Jedi, talking about it put women, and I always roll my eyes whenever people say that the Last Jedi revolutionized cinema by putting a female as the main hero, and I'm. I'm thinking you would have a very valid point if there were no previous iconic female heroes. Like if Ellen Ripley was never born. Right. Um, you know, 
so for me, there is such things as fair criticisms, um, but they're very hard to find now. But also, I want to say this to everybody. At the end of the day, people, the viewers, are the ones who ultimately decide if a film is good or not. Yeah. You know, and, you know, critics, I do think they serve a purpose, uh, not so much anymore. Um, but I do think they could serve a purpose. But basically, I'm just saying, like, you know, everybody, you know, find your own opinions. You know, and you, you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, talking about whatever's in the mainstream, people don't want to go against it. Um, and I've, and I definitely agree that that's a, a very uh, popular thing for people to do because yeah. they don't want to be seen as crazy or wrong. Right. But my whole thing is, personally, I don't think there is anything wrong with... I don't think there's any such thing as a wrong opinion if you have valid reasons for believing that opinion. Yeah. Like, if somebody comes up to me and tells me that they really like The Last Jedi because it was, like, they love the visual effects, I can concede that. And I'll be like, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Because it did have amazing visuals. It did. But to come at it from a political standpoint and talk about all that, I'm like, nah. I can't get on that train. Yeah, because I do think there is a role in, in cinema to promote certain agendas to a certain extent. I think there can be that, but the problem is when it comes at the expense of putting another group of people down. Yeah, because pulling other people down doesn't elevate your status at all. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy Force ain't never been female. The force is everyone, male, female, alien. The force is the force is everyone. It's everywhere. Talking about, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it was just a, uh, it was just an initiative for fundraising. No, no, it was not. It was more, it was more than that. Stop playing. You know, don't even start. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, it. I'd be. This- Good one, man. It's late, but this was still. A good oh yeah, one. for sure, man. This was absolutely amazing, bro. Absolutely amazing. This is a conversation that had to be had. But um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in, man. Thank you for uh being on as always this month. Remember, we got Justice Con coming up. Super hyped and excited. All we got to do is wait three more weeks. Justice already happened. Huh? I said Justice Con already happened. Oh Lord. Uh, DC fandom, look at me. You that time, bro? I'm slipping. I'm slipping. Jesus, <laughs> DC fandom this month. Super excited, ready for it. Mainly just for the Snyder Cut, and you know that's that's most likely it. I might tune out after that. I don't know. I'm gonna see what they're talking about with this Flash movie and everything, but we just gonna have to see, man. But yeah, all right, man. Well, this was some good very stuff. Very good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Yeah, this one will be up on Vero and Twitter. I'll catch everyone later. You guys take it easy and have a blessed rest of the week. This is J-House Podcast Radio. Peace. Peace.
Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.